Hi, Doreen. Okay, everyone. Um, my name is Sheila Malloy and I'm the Education and Training Manager with Educate Plus. Uh, and this morning we're going to listen and ask questions of Doreen Brown, who I will introduce you to in a second. Um, firstly, I'm going to tell you a little bit about how this morning will run. I don't know if some of you have been in um, our previous webinars and meetings. Um, but just to run through a little bit of housekeeping with you. Uh, so this presentation is in webinar format, which means that you can't unmute yourselves or share your video. Um, Doreen's going to start her presentation. And if you have any questions throughout, can I ask that you use the Q&A function or the chat function at the very bottom of your screen to ask any questions. Um, then we'll get to these at an appropriate time in the session. And if you want to speak directly to Doreen, you can. Um, if you wish to speak, just send me a message on the chat and I'll unmute you at an appropriate time. We'll save questions for the end. Um, I am really sorry if this sounds like I'm a complete dictator, but this way we can keep everything on track and uh, with as little interruption as possible. Um, to let you all know that this session is being recorded and will be available on our website this evening in the 2020 resources section. Uh, just make sure that you're logged in to view it. Um, now a little bit about Doreen, she's the founder of Elevate Your Cause, um, which provides SEO training and consultations, and she's a very experienced digital marketing consultant with over eight years um, experience in the SEO area. Um, she has also partnered with Google, and she's also on the board of a not-for-profit organization, so that's fantastic for us, so she has an understanding of the common issues and needs that arise. Um, so without further ado, Doreen, whenever you're ready, I'm happy for you to go ahead and start. Excellent. Thanks, Sheila. And you can hear me okay? Absolutely, yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. All right. So um, I just need to get access to share screens. And then we can kick off. Yep. That should be okay now. Excellent. Wonderful. So you should be able to see the presentation there? Yes, we can. Excellent. Thank so, you. hi, thank you. Hi, thanks, Sheila. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us today. I know it's a Monday morning um, and hopefully the caffeine has started to kick in. Um, I do promise that with today's session and topic being SEO, not to get too techy with you. So please don't be too concerned um, if you feel that, yeah, the technical component isn't necessarily um, your cup of tea or what you're used to because the information I will be sharing today, um, you know, will be chunked down into an easy to understand format. As Sheila mentioned, um, we will be taking questions as well, as, as there will be quite a few people on the webinar today. Um, I would like to try and get to as many as I possibly can. Um, but just also know that towards the end of the presentation, I'll be sharing some contact details with you. So if you do have any further questions um, or if you need any further support with regards to your um, digital marketing or SEO efforts that, you know, those details will be shared towards the end of the presentation today. So, to kick off, um, as Sheila mentioned, I'm Doreen Brown, the founder and owner of Elevate Your Cause, and I specialise in the area of SEO, which is search engine optimization, and are the organic results that you see in Google. 
Now, I've also volunteered um, on the board of Breast Aware Australia. So I've had the opportunity to really sit, I guess, on both sides of the table. Um, being part of that not-for-profit group as well as you know being on the SEO end um, I can certainly see the areas in which um, charities and for-purpose organizations um, you know most definitely need that help and that support. Um, I work with a range of clients from the not-for-profit um, organisation, uh, social enterprises and small business owners as well um, and I am located in Wollongong with eight plus years of digital marketing experience. So after having my second child um, over eight years ago now, I decided to launch my own website and transition from the corporate world um, into the online space. And it was through that experience that I learned pressing publish on a website does not necessarily mean that you know online users are going to be able to find you. So after doing that for a few months, um, I actually landed an entry level position with a digital marketing agency that were based in Sydney, but were fully distributed. And I worked with that agency for five years. Um, and we also Google uh, partnered with Google during that time. So my background and my training, um, you know, I've been industry trained. So I haven't just I guess, gone on YouTube and Googled a few videos and learned about SEO myself. I did try to do that in the beginning when I launched, uh, launched my first website, but um, I just found there was a lot of information online. It was incredibly overwhelming and I really didn't know where to begin. So having that experience with the digital marketing agency really enabled me to learn about SEO from the ground up. Um, and I could learn from people who were in the industry, you know, for 10 plus years. Um, and as Sheila mentioned, having that Google partnership meant that I was also able to go to training and learn, you know, from Google themselves, which was a great experience and has helped me to develop um, the strategies and plans for my clients and for myself today as well. So from today's session, what I would really love is for you to be able to walk away with action items. So it's not just a matter of me presenting this information um, because you're investing your time right now in order to spend it with me. So I really want to be able um, to share with you some areas that you can implement um, once you've completed the webinar and the session today. And some of the takeaways will include the three key elements of a successful online presence and what they are, what major roadblocks look like and how you can identify them, how to move the needle using best practice techniques and tactics, um, why maintaining your website is so important and it's just like putting fuel in your car, and as mentioned, things that you can implement as soon as um, the webinar is over today. So let's get started and, and let's kick into it. Right, so there are three key elements when it comes to SEO or search engine optimization. Okay, SEO is the process of affecting the online visibility of a website or a web page in the search engine's unpaid results. And it really is more like a marathon than a sprint. 
So if you think about the area of digital marketing, it's, it's quite wide and varied. Um, digital marketing can encompass a few different things like social media, um, email marketing, even apps. So when we're looking at the area of SEO, we need to understand that it is that organic process. And by being able to improve your visibility organically, it means that you can then enjoy free leads. Um, you know, people who are able to find your website online um, without you having to bid or pay in order to show up in those organic results. So it's a very different from the um, Google Ads where you have to actually bid on keywords in order for you to show up in the search results. So when we look at the area of SEO, we're looking at three key components and these are the three things that we need to keep in mind. Um, if there's anything at all from this presentation that you take away today, this is probably the most important slide um, and diagram that I will share with you because it is the foundation of everything we do when it comes to the world of SEO. So the first component of um, the three key elements is the on-site or what we call on-page SEO. There's the off-site or off-page um, SEO component and then there's the technical component as well. So what I'll do is I'll break these down um, a little bit further just to explain exactly you know, where they live when it comes to your online presence. So when we look at the uh, component of on-site SEO, this is in relation to your website pages and it can include things like your content, um, whether you've got your targeted metadata or meta tags, which I'll share with you in a moment, um, a sound URL structure. So every single page on your website has its own address and it's incredibly important that when we're creating and developing our website pages that we're also thinking about SEO throughout that process. It also includes the relevant internal links on your website pages. So when you're having a look at a website, there's usually um, a main structure, you know, towards the top where you can navigate through some key areas and key pages like your home page, your about page, um, perhaps your services page, a contact page. So all of those really live um, as part of your main navigation of your website. Now, it's incredibly important um, that these all have relevance to each other and there is a relationship between these pages. And so internal linking, so linking one page to another page on, on your website is incredibly important because it also shows Google that there is a relationship between your website pages. Now, I did also mention um, metadata. So when you go through and do a Google search, and I've just done a Google search here in relation to my business name. So Elevate Your Cause um, is the name that I've typed into Google search. Now, what you'll see in Google search in the results are what we call these little snippets. And they're snippets of information that basically tell search engines like Google what our pages are about. Um, so what you'll see when I've typed in my business name of Elevate Your Cause is that I've created optimized tags, so a title tag and a meta description. So this basically helps Google to understand what my pages are about. Now, 
we have the opportunity to do this on absolutely every single website page. And what we want to be able to do is incorporate keywords that our users online are going to be searching in Google for. So to give you an example of mine, um, I have my meta title as Elevate Your Cause, which is my business name, and it's SEO for not-for-profit organizations. So if a user was to jump online and do a Google search and they were to type in SEO for not-for-profit organizations, um, what I've done is I'm telling Google, you know, this is what I want to show up for because these are the people that I want to help and serve online. You'll also see then an optimized meta description which says we offer SEO services for not-for-profit organizations including training and consulting, elevate your cause and make more impact, book a workshop online today. So what again you can see here is it's again targeting not-for-profit um, organizations and assisting them with SEO services such as training and consulting. But you'll also see there's a call to action towards the end of my meta description as well. And again, every single page of your website has the opportunity to have some optimized text in there so that search engines like Google can understand what your page is about and therefore can serve your website and your pages as results to online users as well. Now the second component of the um, key elements is the off-site or off-page SEO. So it's not just what you do on your website that counts when it comes to your organic visibility online. What you do on other websites also matters and Google sees these as ticks of approval. It helps you to build credibility online um, and become that authority on the topic or area that you're offering. Now, it's also been called or known as link building. And this is because links to your website um, and to your organization happen away from your physical website. So to give you some examples, um, you may have listed your particular website or organization in a directory listing. So perhaps um, you know, you're in your local community pages online or you've established some existing um, relationships with other organizations or businesses and you've been listed on someone else's website as a reference. So Google recognizes all of these online footprints and this is how we build and create that visibility online by ensuring what we're doing on our website is correct and we're optimizing it that way, but we're also looking at what we're doing away from our website to improve and increase that credibility and authority um, away again from the physical website itself. Now the other key element of the SEO formula is the technical SEO. So as mentioned, it's not just a matter of pressing launch um, and then all of a sudden, you know, everyone's gonna be able to find your website or your organization online. So there are certain things that we need to ensure um, so that when someone is doing a search that your website and your organization is actually showing up organically. So 
not sure if you've experienced this, I have quite a bit, um, but when you've gone to do a Google search and you end up with a 404 or a dead page, okay? So that's um, not a great user experience and therefore what Google will do is reduce your visibility when there's a high instance of you having lots of 404 or dead pages because the whole goal um, of search engines like Google is to provide the best experience possible to their users. And so if you've um, shown up in those organic results and those unit users can't access your information because it's sending them to a dead or 404 page, um, again, that can impact your visibility. Um, it's also important that you have, you know, a site map, um, that's created and developed when you press launch so that Google can come and actually visit the right pages on your website and it can start to index them and see them for users online as well. So there are certain roadblocks which actually stop us from getting the visibility that you know we want and need online. And the first roadblock that I commonly see with a lot of organizations and businesses are keywords. Now, I'm not sure if you've heard of keywords before, um, but they are basically the terms that we use in order to, you know, direct um, users to be able to find us online. And keywords have been presented to us over the years. Um, as mentioned, I've been in this space for about eight and a half years. And over that time, um, you may have heard some common things like being on page one, position one, you know, is the ultimate goal. And doubling or tripling your organic traffic is the ultimate goal. However, I'm here to tell you that um, the way in which we think about and look at keywords needs to move past just what we call vanity metrics. So if you're on page one, position one, but you've not used the right words on your website for your organization to connect with your audience, then what you may find is that you'll have a lot of people coming through to the website that are not necessarily looking for the service that you're providing. And it's exactly the same with increasing organic traffic. Yes, we definitely want to improve the number of visitors that we're getting um, organically to our website, but we want to make sure that those users are also qualified. So there's really no point in doubling or tripling your organic website traffic if the people who are coming to visit you online don't connect with your service um, or what it is that you're trying to provide. So, not all keywords were created equally, and this is why it's important to understand um, the difference between the types of keywords or terms that you use on your website. Now, there's what we call the short tail keywords. So, these are search phrases or terms that only contain um, one or two words, and they're really there to target the masses. So if I was to use myself as this example, if I was to optimize my website just for the term SEO, I'm going to end up attracting a lot, a lot of um, online users who are not necessarily looking for training or consulting services or who may not be in the not-for-profit um, space. 
So being quite broad means again, yes, it's going to attract a lot of people, but it's going to attract the wrong people and not connect with the right ones. This is why we um, move into what we call long tail keywords. So these are keyword phrases which contain at least three words and are used to target more niche audiences over mass audiences. So I'll give you this example. If there were a thousand people who were organically finding your website and they came and actually clicked on your um, website result in, in the organic listings, um, you know, and only two or three of those people actually needed your service or what it is that you provide versus a hundred people finding you online and 90 of those people connecting with your product or service I know which one I would prefer so it's not about those vanity metrics or getting those large numbers it's about finding the balance between getting that qualified traffic and actually connecting with your audience. So when you use longer tail keywords, what this means is that you're defining more of what you're doing. And again, using that as my example. So if I went through to optimize my homepage and I only used Elevate Your Cause and SEO services, that again is going to be attracting a mass number of people. Whereas when I'm optimizing for a longer tail keyword, so you can see here that it's definitely more than one or two words. So SEO for not-for-profit organizations. Now I'm really niching down and I'm defining who my target audience is that I wanna connect with online. So it's important that we're also doing that, not just on our homepage, but throughout all the pages on our website. There's also a thing called ego keywords. So ego keywords are the keyword phrases um, that we feel we really need to rank for organically in Google. Um, and that's either in paid listings again or, or the organic um, search results, but it's regardless of the cost and the return of investment. So if there's a keyword that you really, really want to show up for on page one, but it's going to take quite a bit of time in order for you to get there because it could be a really high competition keyword, you're better off looking for those longer tail options that are going to connect with your audience and help you get that visibility without the high competition levels. So definitely looking at the types of keywords and phrases that you're using throughout the content on your website website, um, throughout the metadata on your website, and just ensure that they're not going to be, um, you know, too high in competition and too difficult um, to get to, but you're actually finding a balance between the right ones, so you're connecting with the right people online. So another question that I'm commonly asked is, okay, well, where can I find keywords? And there's so many free options. So you definitely don't need to have any fancy SEO tools in order to find the right keywords to use on your website. The first thing that I always do, whether I'm working in a consulting capacity or whether a client is asking me to run an SEO campaign for them, the first thing I do is I brainstorm. So I create a little map and a little list of all the types of words that I believe an online user would be typing into a Google search in order to find that organization or business. 
Now, the other thing that you can use, which is again free and it's at your fingertips right now, um, is what we call the Google Suggest option. Okay, so I've taken a screenshot here for you to show you an example of what um, this little tool does. And you may have come across this as a user yourself, jumping into Google and doing a Google search. So when you start to type in a few words, what Google will do is it will give you a list of all of the related um, searches online users are actually doing. So I've jumped into Google um, and I've typed in university near me. Now I am Wollongong based and Google has recognized that um, from identifying where my IP is. And so what it's done, it's returned results based on um, my location. Okay, and that's quite important as well. So dependent on your location, um, you may also want to optimize for that. So again, you're connecting with um, local users who need your you know, service or, or your product. So this is an absolutely free tool. Um, if you jump into Google, and again, I've just done one here. So I've just typed in university near me. So what that's going to do, it's going to give you a suggestion of all the other types of searches that are relevant to that particular search. It's also then going to give you what we call a local three pack. So these are the maps listings that appear as a result of me typing in university near me. Now, Google today is thinking that I'm in Sydney, okay, because that's where my internet is saying I'm located and based. So what it's going to do is provide me with a local pack results for the Sydney um, universities that are showing up there. And then here we can see the remaining organic results that are showing up after the local results. So it's, it's a bit of a goldmine actually when you think about it because it is the free um, search tool that you can use. You can also jump into the Google Keyword Planner. So if any of you are currently running um, Google ad campaigns, there is also a Google Keyword Planner that comes free with that particular platform and that will allow you to search and see some other common terms that are related to um, some of those keywords that you've been able to brainstorm storm. Now, the second roadblock, and this kind of lends to the keyword um, conversation that, that I just went through, but um, you really need to think about your audience and who it is that you're trying to connect with online. So what is the intention when they're doing a Google search? Now, search metrics define user intent using the following description. Um, and they say that user intent or search intent states which goal or intent an internet user has when entering a search into a search engine. User intent is now a central factor in content and search engine optimization and is eclipsing individual keywords as a dominant ranking factor. So what does that mean in English? It means that it's no longer about those short tail keywords. We really need to think about creating our pages on our website that relate to the intention of our users online. Now, sometimes this can be quite difficult because we're quite close to our organization or business. And when we're working in it, um, we kind of can't see it from you know, a different perspective or an outside perspective. So, 
it's important that we do those types of Google searches to see what the intention is when someone is typing in those particular terms. So then we can create content and support our users online with information that is targeted to their actual intention of their search. So if you're not sure where to begin with regards to creating valuable content, again, Google is going to be the place to go. And no, I'm not paid by them and I don't work for them, but they've got so many free resources online. Um, therefore, you don't need to have, you know, a massive marketing budget in order to find the answers to these particular optimization questions. So not sure if you've seen these as a user yourself, but there are what we call people ask boxes. So when you complete an actual Google search, um, what Google will do is it will actually return a people ask box um, so that it's giving you a little bit more information and some questions about what online users are searching for. So. Here's an example of one um, that I did this morning. So when I've typed into a Google search, what university course should I study? What Google has done is it's returned the most common questions that online users ask around this particular search query. Now, what also happens is if I click down and I look at those responses, it's going to give me some of those answers so I can see exactly um, what is being returned in those organic results. But it will also start to create um, a bigger list of different questions that people are asking. So you would have seen when I initially clicked on that result, um, there was only a small handful of questions that were popping up. But each time you click on one of those responses, Google will start to give you more and more of that content in that list. So how can we use this? Um, well, we are basically seeing the type of answers that online users are searching for. So when we're creating the content for our website pages, what we need to do is have a look at these common questions and make sure that the content we are providing are answers to those common online queries that users have because that's how we're actually gonna connect rather than just attract the masses, is really thinking about that intention, not just about our services or our products, but really thinking about it from that user perspective online because they're the people that we wanna reach at the end of the day. And again, it's a free tool that you can use. Now, the third roadblock that I commonly see with organisations um, is usability. So, over time, you know, we've created and developed and launched websites in their many different shapes and forms and sizes. But usability and having a responsive website is really a non-negotiable from 2020 and beyond. So over 60% of online users will use things like mobile devices in order to complete an online search. And so we need to ensure that the way in which our websites have been created and developed will automatically adjust and respond to the different device sizes. 
and this is also a ranking factor now with Google so if you don't have a responsive website design um, it will also impact your visibility because they won't return um, your website in relation to or in comparison to another website that is responsive and is going to give users um, that good experience when they're looking you know up a website from a mobile device so you just need to ensure that if you've got a design that may be you know a few years old that looking into getting a responsive um, website is something that you know is in the planning in the works in the coming um, weeks and months Now, the fourth roadblock um, that I see as well is speed. And this is usually attributed to, again, perhaps the age of a website, um, whether it you know, is responsive, but performance is important because um, what we wanna do is we wanna reduce what we call bounce rates. Now, a bounce rate is when an online user finds your website organically online, they then click on your result um, in the organic search listings and then they are taking it's just taking way too long for them to find and access the information that they need and so they bounce off which means they're not really interacting with your website pages and this again sends an indicator to Google that hey you're probably not doing a great job of that user experience and so we want to make sure that things like our images, um, our video styles, sizes, that all of those are compressed um, so that you are meeting, you know, that speed requirement and your pages are not too heavy and are then impacting those loading times as well. So what can you do to update your pages? Now, there is a free um, page speed insights um, tests that you can do on Google and again we'll share this presentation with you so you can access a copy of this link but what you can basically do is type your website or type your URL into this free page free page speeds insights tool and what it will do is it will analyze those results for you so it's going to tell you what's working well at the moment. It's going to tell you what's work, not working so well. Um, and then this is the discussion that you can basically take up with your digital marketing team, or perhaps if you've got a web developer that's supporting um, your website efforts, that you can have a chat to them to see what improvements can be done. And again, it's a completely free tool, um, and it's just going to help you identify some of those roadblocks that might be happening at the moment with your website. Okay, roadblock number five is the HTTPS protocol. So again, not sure if you've experienced this, but when you go to um, Google a particular website, when you click on that result, it should be returning a little padlock that sits in the top left-hand corner. So if I give you an example of my website, you'll see in the top corner here that there's a little padlock, which means that my site is secure. Now, back in the day, um, the only time we really needed a HTTPS certificate um, on our website was if we were selling something online. Um, so a lot of restaurants, a lot of hotels um, used to 
you know, have to go through that process a lot earlier than um, other organisations and businesses because you were able to purchase and book um, and use your credit card details in order to access their products and services. Um, but now all websites need to have um, the HTTPS protocol because over 80% as well of search results, um, when someone does a voice search, what you will actually get um, is the HTTPS websites popping up. So that's again, another really large, you know, piece of that organic pie that you want to make sure you're not missing out on. And again, what you'll see is a little lock that sits um, in the top left-hand corner of your website URL. So if this appears in red, um, it means that it's a non-secure website. And regardless of whether you're selling um, anything online or making any bookings for your courses online um, from 2020 and beyond, that SSL certificate, which gives you that padlock, which we call HTTPS, is really a non-negotiable. Um, so how to you know get around this and how do you get this updated so your hosting provider so you actually pay rent for your space on the internet so what you want to do is get in touch with your hosting provider and ask them about adding an SSL certificate once they've added this SSL certificate um, it then obviously needs to also be applied to the website so that you can see the padlock each time um, you do go and, and visit your home page and the other pages on your website as well. So having a look at some of the action items from today, it's really important that we make a list of our online goals and what it is that we want to achieve. Um, who are the types of people that we want to connect with online? You know, what type of searches are they doing? Even if you have someone outside of your organisation, take a look at your website and your content to see if it raises any questions for them, if they were um, a prospect or or a, you know, a potential student looking to do one of your courses. What I would then also do is create what I call a to-do list in either Excel or Google Docs. Um, now, this is a great way to break down your three key elements or key components when you're looking at adding SEO to your digital marketing mix. So you wanna be able to have um, a list that looks at your on-site or on-page um, components for your website, you wanna look at your off-site or off-page elements, and you also wanna look at doing a technical or a health checkup of the website to make sure that you're not um, experiencing things like dead pages, 404s, and so forth. What I would also then do is create a keyword list or what I like to call a keyword map. So if you're really starting um, with the SEO component from scratch and you're not sure where to begin, the best place to start is definitely developing a keyword list and a map so that when you're going through and you're looking at updating or creating things like your metadata or your content, that you actually have a set of keywords um, created in your little list so that you know exactly what it is that you're optimizing for. 
What you then want to do is look at optimizing your content for user intention. So as mentioned, when I went through this particular section, sometimes we're a little too close to the content and information that we're delivering because we're within the organization or the business. So start to think about um, your content from a user perspective. And again, if you get a little stuck or you're not sure where to begin, doing a free Google search is really the best way to identify and see what online users are searching for when it comes to um, your services and your product. Um, there's also free tools there, as mentioned and shared, so you can check your speed and your responsiveness of your website. So these are fixes that you can do, um, you know, fairly quickly. Um, it's just a matter of getting in touch with either your hosting provider or your digital marketing support to ensure that the speed and responsiveness um, is up to date and, um, you know, working correctly from any device. The other thing I'd love you to do is start to plot some monthly tasks into your calendar. So I know a lot of organisations and businesses have this for things like their email marketing and even their social media, um, you know, marketing that, that they share and do as well. So what I'd love you to do is to think about SEO in exactly the same way um, and start to make time to incorporate these areas and elements for your website because your website is your most important digital asset. It's something that you can control. It's something you can maintain. Um, and therefore, it, it should be, you know, an absolute focus when it comes to your digital marketing strategy. So make sure you're plotting in those times um, to start looking at those three key areas and how you can start to improve your organic visibility. And lastly, keep moving forward. Um, so again, if you need any further assistance or help, I know there's a lot of online resources as well um, that are out there for you, but it's really important that, you know, after today's session, it's not just a matter of, okay, I can tick that off, you know, my list I've gone to the webinar. It's actually taking action and moving forward um, with some of those areas and elements as well. Um, now, I know, Sheila, there's been a few questions popping up and popping through. So yes. yeah, so, we can start to go through some of those. Okay, so we have a question from Amber and she wants to know what is an ideal bounce rate percentage? Okay, so that's a really good question. Anything that's over 50 to 60% um, bounce rate really needs to be investigated. So if you're using um, an analytics tool like Google Analytics, what I would do is go through and have a look at the pages um, in the organic um, channels section and just have a look at the bounce rate column and ensure that it's not exceeding that 50 to 60% bounce rate. If it is, Google Analytics will actually give you the page and the URL that that bounce rate um, it relates to. And so then what you can do is go back and analyze, um, you know, the content that lives on that page. Perhaps as mentioned, it's not necessarily targeting um, that online user and their intention. Maybe it's too thin on content and it's really not giving them the information that they're looking for. So that's a really good indicator um, to let you know whether that content is connecting or just attracting users online. Perfect, thank you. Anyone else like to ask any questions please? Now's the time to shout. Um, Rachel, I've heard it's bad to use the same keyword more than once. How do you change your keywords enough so that they are all different but still relevant to your site? 
Love it. Excellent. All right. So when you're going through and you're creating that brainstorming list of keywords, um, what you want to do is have a look at five to 10 of those related keywords. So let's use my website as an example because I've got it here. So when I went through to optimize my homepage, I started with what I call a keyword list or a keyword cluster just for my homepage. So I know that the broader topic is SEO. So the first keyword in my brainstorm list was SEO. The next one would have been SEO for NFPs or SEO for not-for-profits. Um, and then I would have started to include things like SEO services for not-for-profits. So I'm going from my short tail keywords and I'm starting to develop and create longer tail keywords as part of that group. So what I'd recommend is for every um, key page that you have, so sharing my website here. So for my home page, I would have a group of keywords um, that I would use in order to optimize my home page. When I go to my services page, again, I've created a group of keywords for that. I've done the same for each of my independent um, services pages as well my workshops page, et cetera, et cetera. So what you wanna do is you wanna end up with either an Excel document or a Google sheet that has about you know five or 10 different columns. And for each column you're brainstorming and you're thinking about what that page is intending to, to do. So when someone lands on that page, what is it that you wanna show up for in the organic search? and start to have related keywords around that because that's how Google understands and knows you're an authority in that particular space as well. Perfect, thank you, Doreen. Yep. Um, another question from Liz, can you give any tips on how to increase links back to your website? Absolutely, and I love this question. So a lot of organizations and businesses already have developed um, really strong relationships with service providers. You may have collaborated with other um, organizations and they're really the best place to start because usually what they will have is a resources section or page on their website where they can list you as a resource for their online users as well. Um, the other thing you can do is have a look at your competitors. So do a bit of an online search, I won't use the word stalk, um, but do an online search and have a look at your competitors and actually see where they're showing up. Um, and again, you can do that absolutely free and all you need to do is type in that organization or business name and you will actually see the places in which they are listed and showing up because Google gives you all of that information in the search results. So if you were to Google um, you know, my business, which is Elevate Your Cause, what you're going to see are some examples of those backlinks, okay? So you're also going to see social media as well, okay? So social media platforms like Facebook, that's a backlink. Um, a common thing I get asked is, oh, Doors, we've launched a website, but we've done no SEO. And I say, okay, well, have you created social media platforms? Yes, we have. Well, that's an offsite SEO element. So if you've got Facebook, if you've got LinkedIn, if you've got YouTube, if you've got Instagram, if you've got Twitter, um, you know, the list just goes on and on with each of those platforms, but they are also so off-site SEO elements, which you may not have um, realized helps with your organic um, results in Google as well. 
Perfect. Um, another question from Lynn. What is the ideal amount of content on a page? Yes, and it's the same as asking, I guess, how long is a piece of string? Mm -hmm. So there is no golden number. There is no magic number, um, you know, that I can share with you. But what I'll say is have a look at the question that you're answering. So when you're creating content on your website, what you want to do is be a resource, not a sales pitch. Um, and I'll give you an example of one of mine. So when I've gone through to develop the content on my website pages, what I'm doing first and foremost is I'm providing online users with a resource and information about what SEO is. And you can see here then there's a blurb or a chunk of content in relation to what SEO actually is. Because they're not going to be able to know whether it's for them or not unless they understand what the what SEO actually is. Um, you then can break it down into the benefits. You can then break it down into the importance of it. And then once you've done that, that's when you can actually say, hey, I am now a resource and a support for you and I provide services. So what you need to ensure is that your website pages are doing a good job of answering those online questions. Because again, users are jumping into Google to do those Google searches because they're trying to find the answer to a question. So if you've only got a hundred words in your you know, page and the rest are just all images, the content is probably going to be too thin because that online user is not going to be able to find the answer that they need. So if we're looking at a baseline, usually between five to 600 words, um, I guess is a great place to start, but it also depends on how you are distributing that content on your page because you don't want all of this content just to be um, plonked into one big paragraph. It's not going to look nice from an, a user perspective, but also it's going to be overwhelming for the user. So think about the, the way your pages are constructed and how you can best serve your online users by creating those resources in maybe different, you know, segments or sections on your website pages. Um, but anything less than five or 600 words, you know, is probably not doing a great job of answering that online question. Here's a great one. What okay. should you look for in a good SEO company? How do you cut through the spin jargon to know that you are getting the right advice for your business at the right price? I love this. <laughs> Absolutely. So the first thing that I would do is definitely um, have a look at things like online reviews, okay, for a particular um, agency or consultant and make sure that, yeah, they've got that experience and they've got that background. Um, now, most consultancies and agencies will also offer you a discovery session. Um, so that way you can have some questions ready to go um, to ask about your current website, um, you know, presence and where you are at the moment. Because in order to create um, and, you know, have a strategy and plan for you, you need to know where you're positioned right now. And in some instances, not all organisations or businesses necessarily need to outsource a whole SEO campaign. So a good consultant and a good digital marketing agency would offer to do what we call a discovery session with you to, to do a top level audit to see where you're currently positioned and how they're able to assist and help you. 
Um, but definitely doing your research about them, you know, online. If you did a Google search of just my name, so if you look up Doreen Brown, um, you'll also see my small business um, website pop up with over 50 different, you know, reviews from, from yeah, people who have worked with me, come to workshops, had some training, had some coaching. Um, so you can actually, you know, see real examples of people and what they've experienced with that as well. Great answer. Um, okay, and uh, Lisa wants to know, can infographics contribute to SEO or text only? Yes, infographics are a fantastic addition um, to add to your SEO mix and they help you quite a bit with your off-site SEO efforts as well because there are lots of different places where you can actually submit your infographics. Just make sure, as with any image that you create for your website, that you're also giving it what we call an image alt tag. Because when Google comes to visit your website, it's actually not seeing all the pretty colors and the pretty pictures. What it's seeing is all of this code. Okay, so if you're going to create um, beautiful infographics, which are definitely um, good for SEO, just make sure that you're supporting that with labeling your um, infographics correctly so that Google can understand what that infographic is and is about when it comes and crawls your code. What I would also suggest is that you add some content with your infographic. So let's pretend that it, this background image here is actually an infographic. I want to make sure there's some content to support the information that lives within the infographic. Again, because what Google does, it sinks its teeth into words, not necessarily the images, unless we've given those images the right um, descriptions and tags. And it's the same with video content. So if you've got video content that lives on your website, make sure you're supporting that video content with written content um, underneath it so that Google can actually give you credit um, for the content that lives on that web page as well. Perfect. Um, okay, we have a business directory on our website and yeah. are finding we are ranking for key keywords relating to those businesses rather than those relevant to our organizations. Is there a way to stop this happening as we think this is impacting our bounce rate? Absolutely. So this would be a key time to start um, reviewing and checking, I guess, things like your on-page and your off-page SEO because there could be indicators that are being sent to search engines that, and you're showing up for words, as you said, that you don't actually want to show up for. So it could be a matter of redirecting your bus a little bit and moving your online strategy so that the things you're optimizing for are more related to the audience you want to connect with rather than showing up for what's coming up in your directories. Okay, um, everybody, I think that's, that's all the questions asked. Uh, if you have any more questions, feel free to send them through to me um, or to Doreen, I believe you yes something you want to offer. Yeah. so i wanted to share my contact details and for those who've um, joined us on the webinar today i've also got a complimentary consultation i'll just um, grab a copy of that link here so i can paste it in um, but we'll share this link with you and well so it's it's a 30 minute um, consultation all you need to do is register your details via my website which is elevate your cause um, what i'll do is i'll book in um, half an hour with you one-on-one. -on -one. I'll also can
complete a top level audit. So I can tell you where you're currently um, based and what you're doing really well and some of the areas um, that you can look to work on and improve in the coming weeks and months as well. So that's absolutely complimentary um, for anyone who's yeah joined us and attended today. Um, so hopefully that gives you a bit of a roadmap and a guide and you can kind of piece together the information that was shared in the webinar today along with this audit and consultation. Um, and then again, that'll give you um, a bit of a, yeah, a roadmap and a way to move forward with your SEO and, and digital marketing efforts. Fantastic. That's a, a brilliant offer. Um, I think Educate Plus will be taking up on that, Doreen. Oh, good. <laughs> um, and you're getting lots of thank yous. Thank you, Doreen. This oh, you're very welcome. Fantastic session. I learned so much. Very informative. Doreen, thank you so much for your time. This is one of the best webinars I've listened to. Oh, my goodness. I could Doreen talk about SEO for seven days straight without breath um, and trying to condense it into our session today was quite difficult to, to refrain from going and exploding into different tangents so yeah there's definitely you know more um, information and yeah happy to support those who would like to take up yeah that consultation and thank you for being here today it's Monday morning it's one of those topics that kind of yeah makes your brain um, hurt and, and your head hurt so hopefully not too much of that happening and yeah you can walk away with some things that you can do for your organization as well. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely fabulous. Doreen, thank you awesome. so much. And thanks everyone thank for uh, coming on. And I will talk to you all later via email. All Excellent. Right, thanks Have everybody. Day. Have a great week. Goodbye, thank everyone. You. Bye. Bye. Bye.